So let me t- talk about Trine for a second. Let's talk about how she's kind of been in almost... Uh, she's been in a good chunk of House of X. She's been in a good chunk of Power of X. Powers of X. She's been, a good, she's been in a good chunk of some of this Don of X, and she's just been a servant this whole time. And I find that kind of sad and hilarious at the same time that she's yeah, just like, like a servant. Right? <laughs> kind of. She's always like a support I'm, character for sure. Yeah, like it never really seems like I, I always forget where she even comes from. Like, I'm like, has she just been there with Apocalypse or what's her relevance to the greater story or is she just background fodder, you know? She's like the production assistant of like all of Krakowas. So she's yeah, just like, like getting coffees for like, everyone. And like, <laughs> in her, like she's literally Literally the go-to like wannabe of like production assistants for Krakoa. <laughs> yeah. I think that I, that gives her a cemented role. I mean, hey, you know, Ra- Douglas Ramsey only works as the translator. Everyone has it's all compartmentalized. This is why Krakoa works. They compartmentalize. Everybody's got a job. Everyone's got a purpose. Gold Balls has got a purpose. Trinary's got a purpose. Everyone's winning. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. And so this is who Apocalypse is talking to. She, he's talking to Trinary, doing all the heavy work for the most part. And he's just spouting his like quotable nonsense that he usually does. He's just all like, for centuries we ran as though we were hunted, and now we are dancing. And he's confused about everyone like having fun at the moment. <laughs> he's like, and now we party. Uh, wait, <laughs> I mean. I, I know I'd party harder than any of you people, but uh, it seems like there's more going on here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he's uh, like, he jumps right to business and he's like, well, while they're going to party, I'm going to figure out what's going on here with this yes. weird Krakoan portal. And he's, he's kind of expecting, inspecting this portal. And, and essentially he's talking about other worlds. He's like, do you know other worlds? He's still talking to Trinary and uh, talking about Camelots. And we are to assume that this is the other end of that portal. This is the other end of the portal that we saw with uh, Morgan Le Fay. And we find out that Apocalypse is trying to access other worlds and Camelot. Yeah, he's trying to figure out what's going on because for some reason there has been a barrier placed on the portal from their end on Morgan's end. And, the, and he says that we will need a champion to breach it. But that's that's a very ominous because he's not very really. Ominous. We don't know who he's implying or who's going to be the champion. Yes. But they definitely can't get through to the other side until they remove this this. Uh, I guess you could say barrier, magical barrier. It's a magical barrier. Some type of yeah spell has been placed on this crackling portal. It seems. And I like this. This is the beginning of like our first step into like apocalypse. Really showing how much he's been around, how long he's been around, because he starts like starting to drop some knowledge about magic and like the things that are tied to it that are beyond even that of the average mutant to understand. And he's very old and his intelligence and wisdom starts to come out here. And he starts to talk on things that most people didn't even know about that. And he is quite aware of it. He hasn't just been sitting back and being like, you know, mutant, mutant, mutant all day. He's been dabbling his hands in history and mythos and actually posing as sometimes posing as the gods that are written in the very stories that the modern people read about. Yes. So, his knowledge of magic is very, very prominent, and I like the writing here and how it's done. Like Howard is doing a great job. She's really showing that Apocalypse is not just one-dimensional. And, and you know, it's it's 
it's hard to even say that, even that if, if you just look at him as a badass, strong mutant, he's got his powers and his demeanor and his his dialect. That all makes him very well-rounded and unique, but he is not even just that. He's There's more to Apocalypse. He's got so many layers. The dude's like an onion, and this is just a nice peel back where you get to experience this instead of tears as with the regular <laughs> <laughs> You really do, and it's great That's... seeing this, like, them kind of, like, flushing out this magical, like, portion of of this kind of mythos, a part of this universe that you don't see too often, both in DC and Marvel. This is my rant. This is a Kyle rant. We need more <laughs> magic, damn it! I, as a person who loves epic sci-fis and this is why i lean heavily towards marvel and i love my sci-fi epics but i want to see more magic up in here it's been so like it's been almost bullied out of existence it's always just mitigated to dr strange and it's always some very just like dr strange centric stories they never really bleed into a lot of the other uh, storylines are made events like magic very rarely happens I know when the cancerverse got created and they did that whole little story arc where it was like an alternate reality that was focused on mm-hmm. magic because the science fell so far behind magic was able to pull ahead and that was cool but that's like a what if so or like that's like a an alternate reality or different different takes so it's not a proper like uh appreciation of like the magic characters and I, I hate to harken back to what we were seeing about DC earlier, but DC always handled their magic mythos with a lot more uh, fun. Like they 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 flushed it out more. They always brought it more to the fore uh, the forefront instead of keeping it in the foreground in the back. Like it's it's one of those weird things where Marvel's never stuck that. They've never been able to pull that off. Where they have like you have Doctor Strange and Brother Voodoo and a few other people, but they always are just. You always get one of them. It's never like here's like a magic, a big magic team up, and if it is, it's going to be in the issues of Doctor Strange. It's usually that's how it is. It's like, oh right, you're reading Doctor Strange, so there'll be a bunch of magic characters and they all work together. It's like, no, there needs to be a magic team with its own single issue release. <laughs> like, <laughs> call it the Magic Squad or something, but I want like all sorts of cool people on there from all the mythoses throughout time and space. Like, put Morgan Le Fay on there. That'd be dope. I don't care. Like, Ooh. just mix it all together. Flush out all the magic like mythologies behind each character and like things like Chi and Things like Asgardian magic and that kind of stuff. Like Loki, you know, like his magic and the Enchantress and all those characters. Like it's, it's, or is it the Enchanter? Enchantress is the one from DC. What is the, what is the one from Marvel that's like, she wears green as well. And she's like always working with Loki. You're not talking about, uh, 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 or not Hera, uh, Hala? You're talking about Hala? No, you're talking about his daughter? Which yeah. was, what's his name? It was, Hel- what's her name? Hell? It was Hella from, yeah, Hella. Yeah. yeah. She's always the one, like, trying to manipulate people. Yeah, I, I forget her sometimes, like, I forget her name, because she always plays, like, this weird role where she's either, like, the the one who controls the Arts Guardian Hell, or she's, like, someone posing as, like, a human trying to manipulate people and play them. It's it's really weird, but, like, you can flesh out that character, because there's a lot of magic behind that, too. Like, they use a lot of illusion magic, her and, and Loki, so... You can really do a lot of cool series with magic if you really focused on it, but that's that's not something mainstay for Marvel right now. So we'll see. The future looks good, though. I remember you were telling me something about, and you were talking about something that one thing you showed me where they're trying to put together like a a bit of like a magic squad of their own. 
Oh like, yeah, yeah, yes. So yeah, Strange Academy, which I'm excited for. It's coming out uh March 2020. Um, it's gonna be uh, Marvel's uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, so it's gonna be more lighthearted. That's pretty good. I, I could yeah. take that. Yeah, I saw that and, they had like Scarlet Witch there, and I was like, okay, I see what they. That's interesting. Like. That seems promising, but that's still 2020, so we'll see where it goes. We'll see. We got time. We got time. Yeah. So. And it's still got Strange in the title. I like Strange Academy. That's kind of reminds me of, like, Umbrella Academy. Like, it's just like a play a on bit, yeah. stuff. But I, I can dig that. It just, we'll see where it goes. I hope it doesn't just end up being, like, a little, like, that's what all the Doctor Strange story focuses on now. And this is just how they write Doctor Strange. They just do a giant ensemble where they turn him into Charles Xavier. Could be. Could be. <laughs> He's a, just roll around in his wheelchair. <laughs> Or no, he's just floating around the whole time. He doesn't even use his legs. He's just cross legs like, around everywhere. Yeah. My legs anymore? Why should I? The why why do I need legs? I do shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting seeing them really touch on it. And we get our own little like magic crew when they transition. And yes. they get this, like little group of people. But uh, do you, do you understand like what they're going off of with the whole like the concept of like so below as above in the whole little like side not really so like we do get get some notes right and we do get these notes same like hickman's notes that we've seen in house and powers of x we're still getting these sprinkled throughout dawn of x and these notes are called from the krakowin grimmeries i guess and the idea is that the the occult paradigm is that as below so above i assume just think of it as like a i guess almost like a formula or a formula for a spell right and then, like, the energetic surge that uh, happened in this Krakowin Gates essentially inverted that. So now it's so below as above. And this whole other paradigm shift where it created right angles and formed an X is kind of yeah. nonsense. That's total nonsense. Oh, well, it, it formed an X. Like, yeah. I want to live in this universe where everything has X's around these X-Men. Like, X's yeah. just appear everywhere. And I'm just, come on. Stop stop driving this X. This is worse than Magneto and his damn M's, man. I yeah. swear. Like, this is ridiculous that the X as superior requires only four. And I'm like, what does that even mean? (laughs) You're just trying to get, like, this weird mathematical thing. Well, now there's four right angles. And if there's four right angles, this now forms an X. X X-Men. Wow. God, you guys could fuck off a little bit, just a little yeah, bit. That's, it's like they're trying to try. They're trying to try uh, geometry to like philosophical yeah. quandaries, and I'm just like, what? I, mean, I, I treaded lightly at powers of ten, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop fully in my in my place at this whole right angles forming an X nonsense. This is not. Then you're head of X. You need to get on this. Like the geometry is not gonna fly. I'm sorry. I'm head of X. Four right angles is too many angles. Too many angles in our X Men comics. We need to get back to circles and squares. We're in the wrong quadrant on this one, fellas. (laughs) Jesus. Oh my goodness. But yeah, this was this was an interesting little Hickman note. And oh, this brings me to the thing I also wanted to tangent on that I told you I figured out. So when I went back and I checked okay. out Hickman's like Secret Warriors that yes. takes place even before Fantastic Four and that, yes. he does these, the uh, all these little infographs and little notations, they're from Secret Warriors. That's where he started and that's when he started it was his idea to implement them. When he started gotcha. writing Bendis, he it was his suggestion. He told Bendis, he's like, let's put these in the books and at the end, and I was like, Oh, he brought him back for House of X and Powers of X. That's like old school. That's like his, it was his first little like trading, like, uh, 
I guess you say calling card. Like it was his first thing where he was like, I want to be remembered for these weird little infographs and notations because he did them with the uh, like he did some cryptography in a few issues that would end like where they okay. showed the maps. Like remember how they showed Krakoa? They yeah. would do things where he's like, well, I'm trying to highlight where the secret hydra bases are. And here they are on their secret little hydra islands and how they're all pertaining. Everything the same, like House and Powers of X. Like I was so surprised. Because I had never gotten around to Secret Warriors. I actually thought it took place, like, remember I was saying it, like, before Avengers? Yes, After, yeah. like, S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that? And that's yeah. why I never read it. So I was like, well, I still got to get through S.H.I.E.L.D. and then I can get caught up to Avengers and all that. But I'm like, oh, no, I can go back and read this. And this was the first thing I noticed. Issue one, I was just like, oh, man, I'm in, like, a Powers issue right now. <laughs> like, I'm in a flashback. Like, I love this. So th- this is where that comes from. And I, I could respect him for, like, creating his own tools and then bringing them back into his writing style. Like, yeah. I like that this graph or this notation is, like, something from Hickman's writing style that he's made, like, m- like mandatory for all the other writers to now implement. He's like, I made I made, it, <laughs> like, I made everyone else deal with it. You guys have to deal with you it. Deal with it. Bendis, I like, you deal with I it. I made Bendis deal with it. Now yeah. you have to deal with it. <laughs> you called me up, Bendis. So you told, right, help me write on this. You're getting my charts and graphs, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm getting those charts and graphs. I would lo- if we start seeing this spread out to like Thor and Avengers and every other like uh, title out there, then we'll know Hickman's influence is strong exactly. as head head of X. <laughs> and this is why Bendis's writing was so good in that issue and in those series. And anytime he writes with mm-hmm. Hickman, and anyone writes with Hickman, he brings organization to the game. He has charts he and graphs. He has chronology and references that he has to he... tie together. Reminds me of a modern day Tolkien almost in many ways because Tolkien was more about world building than more about story development. And like I see this in Hickman so much. I'm just all like he wants to develop this world and that's what I want out of comics. I know I love great character driven storytelling like Bendis does. I do. You know where I like to see that? I like to see that on film and television. I do not want to see that in my comics. Comics to me is a, a test in telling the world longest story almost yeah and i want to see that play out i really do i really do so as a comic book writer i do want to see you i want to see you forfeit your ego when it comes to writing and tell a story based off of preconceived notions of what this character is what his backstory is and what he has to do going forward pretty much and that is like ben, that's what I, I told you this I think uh, a while back. But Bendis should have been a TV writer. He would have been yeah. the greatest television writer ever, honestly, because right. he is he is on that level. Like he is a great television writer. But like when it comes to comics, like when you want to develop that character so much, you're gonna change stuff. And when it comes to comic book storytelling, um, it's gonna frustrate some people. I think it's, I don't know where I get. Where, why did I go on that tangent? I, I forgot. But <laughs> we're talking about know how to develop yeah. characters. He essentially looked at Hickman, Hickman's chart and he's like, "Why does chronology matter? I don't understand. Like, let's just write for these characters and make up shit yeah. as we go. <laughs> <Who cares? laughs> They'll read it anyways." <laughs> it's like, damn it, Bendis, stop that. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, you see that? Like, you see the you want to see how the characters develop alongside other characters in that greater mythos, and you want to see how they react and how they play out. I mean, we have a story here where we're about to see fucking gold balls interacting with jamie braddock's <laughs> aka monarch like from the yeah. back from the dead and it's just like well how did this ever happen but exactly. you know hickman's world building brought us to this point and you would never get that with people like bendis where they're just like well we don't even care about these characters i'm just gonna make up a new character right now 
I'm going to take an old character and just start swapping them with other characters. Let's get that palette swap out. <laughs> palette swap it. <laughs> I wanted to write a, a story about this person, but you said I had to write about this person. So I'm just going to turn this person into that person. And now I got my way. Bendis. <laughs> Bendis. Uh, oh, man. Uh, man. Good times. Good, good times, I guess. But now Question we're introduced uh, to uh, magic, <laughs> a magic, uh, disposable magic crew numero uno. <laughs> so yes, disposable magic, magic crew. Um, we go to uh, the Moors, North Yorkshire, uh, and we meet the Coven of the Solar Blackwood. Now, I don't think these are preconceived characters that have been introduced before. I think these are just new characters that we just introduced, a random coven. Um they're fucking really, with magic. Really, we're just introducing one character. Because let's be real. The, the woman standing up in the center yes. is, is the only character that is barely even ancillary to the plot. Like, let's be real. Like, those other people are just there for them to show you, like, hey, look, the Covenant has people in it. And they have they know magic. And they're here. And they're going to do things. They're, they're a group that's existed. And no, never mind. <laughs> that is not relevant anymore. Right? Uh and they're just hanging out, and they summon the Herald of Avalon, essentially. And they're just like, you dare speak to the, the queen or the witch of Avalon? And this is like, they essentially, they hack something they should not have hacked. Because they get Morgan Le Fay out of nowhere. And she's all blood like, magic. blood magic. And she's just all like, mortals! What 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 magic do you did you use to to summon me? Why 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 is my name even in your can, incantation? Get get I was that was that was on the toilet. This is bad timing. What do you want? She's 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 grumpy. She's very grumpy right now. Like things are happening. A she a siege is happening on her domain. She's not in the best of moods whatsoever. Oh. No, yeah, and you get that cool little panel in the corner where I guess her name is like Mariana Stern or something, but she's the high priestess of this this covenant, and she does blood magic, which straight up like forcefully summons Morgan Le Fay, and she's not down with that, and she's like blaming them essentially, and and throwing down the gauntlet, saying like, "What is going on here? You let my sacred well get fucked over with these plants. You're the worst gardeners ever." <laughs> And just starts like tearing into all these people, like just lecturing the shit out of all of them, and they are just bowed before her might and fear. They literally get down on their knees. <laughs> it's crazy. Straight up, they're just they they bow straight up. They they're just all like, all right, this is my new god now. Yeah, and 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 uh, she essentially gets brought up to speed by the high priestess. Mariana says that like you know, hey, 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 it's not us. We didn't fuck up. That's the mutants. That's the mutant portal. I know about that. That that's in the news lately. I read the paper this morning. <laughs> yeah, she's panicked and she's like, oh, the mutants did it. <laughs> it's like, not us. We don't know what to do. We just we're just here. Like we're just the gardeners. Like sorry. Like we're doing our best. <laughs> So she's just like, well, get on, like, you know, committing genocide. Wipe out the mutants already. What's taking so long? <laughs> Morgan Place, like, get on that. You all, you all are bow to me and do my bidding or I destroy you. And, and that's pretty much the gist of what gets done here is they're like, all right, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> and before we cut back to Krakoa, I want to touch on... Uh... I just looked up uh, the White Witch. Do you know Wanda Zatara from Earth ninety six uh, nine six zero two? Oh uh, yeah, man! Doctor Doctor Strange Fate's aids. 
She's that, uh, she's the, the, um, yeah, like, wasn't, like, at his wife at one point? Maybe? Or, like, yeah. one of the, like, his, the woman that he loved, like, and he, ah, uh, maybe I'm remembering someone else. I just picture a woman with, like, just kind of just, white yeah. hair. Doctor Strange Fate or Judgment of the League of the Avengers. Um, so, apparently, I think this is the White Witch that is being referenced, though. Um. Okay. So I'm not sure of the correlation between her and uh, and Morgan Le Fay. Um, to run through her power, she has both powers of Scarlet Witch and Zatanna, Chaos Magic, Hex Bolts, Teleportation, Telekinesis, Force Fields, Hex Blast, Flight, Sorcery, Dimensional Travel. Um, Wait, Wanda Zatara, is, is that... Like an amalgamation of no, that's two different people. So Zatanna, uh, Zatanna Zatara of New Earth. You remember New Earth, uh, Giovanni, John Zatara, and Cindella. Isn't that? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I keep thinking of Zatanna. That's Zatanna DC. From that's DC. DC. Yeah, that's yeah, from the so crossover. It's that's from the an crossover. amalgamation character. Yeah, that's yeah. Wanda and yeah. Zatanna. Zatanna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the she's like the uh, magician. She wears the top hat. Her father was like Zatan the Zatanna or something like. They have similar. Yeah, name. but can yeah. they even reference that? I feel like you can't even reference that, like from a legal standpoint. That's maybe that's why they referred to as the White Witch, where that's like ah, uh, it's like White Witch. You can't really get us on that, haha. Yeah, I think maybe that might be that would be weird. I mean, it would make sense because, like we were saying, they exist in a different uh, timeline, and that's the like you were saying it was like the nine six zero two timeline, right? Yes. Earth. Yes, nine six zero two. Yeah. Okay, and if it's under the nine six zero two Earth, then I think that's still. Is privy for reference under under uh, Marvel. I I don't think they'll show her though. I bet the White Witch might be like because they reference her again though in later in this issue, but they don't in the stuff afterwards. They don't really touch on yeah. it. I think that might be just like a side plot, and then that's just something she's dealing with, and that's like a nice little nod to people who may catch it. But I feel like the main focus is going to be her and like what's going on with the mutants in the portal. I feel gotcha. like the whole yeah. war and that stuff may not even get resolved. In the it might it might life. not even be a thing. It could just be a side thing that was happening to get us to be engaged in the story immediately. Who knows? Yeah, it's like a nod. Like I said, it could be a throwback nod. Really weird one, but definitely possible. <laughs> Reference again, one of those DC uh, amalgamation characters. What was the one for Wolverine and Batman? Oh god! Oh man! What is it? It was. I uh, forget the name, but man, let's talk Dude. about that design. Oh my gosh! I was listening. I laughed my <laughs> ass off just the other day. I was listening to like, an old episode of this one gaming podcast called like the, the Giant Bombcast. And okay. They, like reference. Uh, they were like, did they have a DC like amalgamation event? And like the other guy heard about it, and he like one of the guys like mentioned something where they were like, wouldn't that be weird if they like crossed like Wolverine and Batman, and like everyone laughed about it? And I was like, you assholes, they did do that. And it was terrible. <laughs> Dark Claw. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like they that they thought that would be like the greatest thing ever, and I was like, no, they did that, and it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Dark Claw, Amalgam of Wolverine and Batman merged. Wow. The worst, the worst design like hero ever. It, it like looks silly. Really it's forced it. They're like, yeah. how can we just shove these characters forcefully together like against yeah. their will? That was so dumb. I mean, Some of that looked cool, but that one, no. 
They took the two coolest, like, characters in comics separately and found a way to make them both just, like, the dumbest character. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. Apparently, if you add good to good, it gets you to terrible. (laughs) I don't know. I learned something from that. (laughs) But, yeah, that was just, like, a week or so ago where they, like, I heard that and they referenced it. And I was like, oh, man, to live in a world where they didn't realize that that was actually a thing. (laughs) <laughs> keep right. on living fella oh good for them like they didn't know i'm i'm i kind of i'm happy for them kind i of wish i anyway. didn't like yeah it's I like I an ig- get that image ignorance. out of my head that's totally an ignorance and bliss mo- is bliss yeah. moment like i am so jealous of their lack the of knowledge the they were all excited they're like oh i bet that'd be awesome and i'm like yeah you would think it would be awesome you think it'd be the greatest thing ever and then you see it and you're like this is kind of dumb and like their powers don't really help each other i mean sure being oh. regenerative is cool but like Batman doesn't kill, so what's the point of having the like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it what are we watching like that Fox animation version, like the the animated series? Where exactly. Just, Wolverine's gonna fight robots all the time because we can't show Wolverine shaking a dude on like television. <laughs> we got a kids show here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Egg sucking gonna try. <laughs> You're trying to swear. Make him say things that sound like he's swearing, but like he's just talking about garbage for the most part. <laughs> it's like the dad from a Christmas story. Oh, oh man. I take this woefully <laughs> off the topic. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Alright, so go, we're going back to Krakoa and, and we're we're met with Betsy Betsy Braddock that's just kind of like listfully like enjoying this random party. We we stumble onto Jubilee with a baby for a second. Yeah. Which okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. What what is it? What is it? Shogo? Shogo. Yeah. Shogo. Don't know who the dad is. Don't nope. know why Jubilee has a baby. Nope. I thought Jubilee was a vampire last time I read comics. The last time I read... <laughs> oh, man. There's been a... That's a big gap. Then... That is a big gap. That's about like eight years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Literally, the la- one of the last comics I read, it was just like her hanging out with Blade and they were like hunting vampires and stuff. I was just like, okay, this is weird. Because <laughs> like she got depowered in M-Day. So yeah, in M-Day. They're like, how do we revitalized jubilee and then they put her on like a young avengers team and gave her like gadgets and gear and it, no one cared because it was young avengers and they no one was gonna care and then they were like well, all right we'll, we'll age her up a little bit make her teenage and then we can't just give her mutant powers but we can make her a vampire and vampires are cool right now i mean twilight's selling so let's do it <laughs> fuck it <laughs> and then that's all i remember to jubilee is she's just a vampire that like Hunts vampire with blade because she's like, oh, I'm a vampire, but I'm also an X Man. <laughs> I can't kill, and I'm like, well, how does that work for you? <laughs> how does Xavier's dream of not killing work for you now, Jubilee? <laughs> right. <laughs> so they have a moment, and then uh, she's Betsy's tapped on the shoulder, and she's tapped by Fabio Goldballs himself, and she even says, yo, what's up, Fabio? And we have another moment. We have another moment, another <laughs> prince, another prince moment where another character is just a, like, actually, it's, uh, it's egg now. 
<laughs> you know what reminds me of <laughs> the character from Big Trouble in Little China? His name was Egg. He always called him Egg. Like uh, oh, yeah. the guy who played across from uh, Kurt Russell. It's the Kurt the Russell older guy. sidekick character. Oh, yeah, the old, yeah. The older, uh, the older one or the younger uh, one? Oh, the older, the older man. Yeah, the older oh, gentleman. Oh, the one from, like, uh, what's the name? Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, uh, no, that wasn't Pat Morita. Wait, was it? Yeah, it was Pat Morita. The one that did the magic with the other dude, where they did, like, a weird force magic fight at the end with each I, other. I'm pretty confident that's not Pat Morita. That was actually, I think he was older than Pat Morita, actually, at that current time when that movie came out. I, I believe you You may be mistaken, but I don't know. But I do remember that, like, his name was Egg. That's what That's what Kurt Russell always called him. He just said Egg. He said, no, Egg, you, we got to do this. No, Egg, come over here. Egg, get down. He just called him Egg all the time. I thought that was a really dumb name. And here comes Gold Balls, and it's like, no, Gold Balls is a dumber name. And Egg actually seems slightly better by comparison. You're right. <laughs> he normalized the name Egg for me, and I thought, okay. This is just not uh, as uh, ostentatious as gold balls. Oh, shit, you're right. It's Victor Wong. Yes. They, are, they do look very similar. It's they look very similar, but yeah. he's older, I believe. I think yeah, he's, he's a little bit of older, yeah. He's also in Tremors, which I also, back in the yep. day, used to say that was Pat Morita. Okay, yeah. so I get these two people confused, apparently, in my life. He well, was see, also Pat in three... Marita played a lot of stuff, though. Pat Morita was in a lot of... He was in, like, That's Happy Days. Yeah, he was in everything. And they, and they casted him as everything. Like, they were like, you can play a Chinese general, a Japanese general, Korean guy, everything. They were like, Pat Morita's just... He is Asian enough where we can put him everywhere, and that's that's probably why you remember Pat Marina is that he's just they put him in everything. So, <laughs> shit. Victor Wong was also the grandpa in, in uh, what's it called, Three Ninjas? Oh yeah, he was the grandpa in Three Ninjas. I, oh I, yeah. See now that's that's a role that should have been the Pat Marina. So like, yeah. let's get who do we get for the ninja? The Chinese guy. Oh, it was totally, it was totally <laughs> a rip on, on uh, um, the the original movies, like, done by Pat Morita and everything. Like oh, that. Karate Kid. Like Karate so, like, Kid, yeah. it's, just a, it's just a weird pastiche to the Karate yeah. Kid. It really, oh, yeah. it's a love letter to the 80s. It's the 90s Karate Kid movie is what Three Ninjas is. In a very 90s movie at that. That is, like, what a, I would say if you had to pick, like, the, to, the top quintessential 90s movies, not to say they're good. Not to say they're great. I'm just saying the movies that best represent the 90s. Sure. Fucking Three Ninjas is in that list that's right good there. One. That's, good li- that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it's super 90s. It does not hold up. There's no mistake in what time frame that movie was made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't sure. be like, oh, this might be early 2000s. No, that is a smack dab in the middle of the 90s movie. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Pat Murray. <laughs> rest in peace. Uh, poor Pat Murray. All right, so uh, she goes to the hatchery with Egg or Fabio or Gold Ball. I'm calling them Gold Balls. I'm still Gold Balls. A- gold. Fabio, aka Gold Balls, aka Egg, aka fucking mutant <laughs> superstar number one. Mutant yeah, Fat AKA five one of the five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, this guy's business card is blowing up. Yeah, he is. He is blowing up. Like he's even wearing like a. Too. Right? He's wearing that like, like science outfit almost like very like but it's like like leisure science outfit very he's leisure like leisure science yeah and it has the gold ball on it yeah his hair looks a little styled up he looks like he's got a nice tan on like he's very laid back he's like yeah I'm famous now <laughs> he's gold got ball. some confidence these days yeah yeah, yeah look at he's got that swagger yeah 
<laughs> and uh, so they they uh, he escorts uh, Betsy to the hatchery. And who who are we met with at the hatchery, Danny? Jamie Braddix, also known as Monarch. Ah, Monarch. Um, what is your familiarity with Monarch in the past? Well, off the bat, this man has been resurrected very many times, like yes. by black magic, through other weird time shenanigans and just alternate reality stuff. But he himself is an Omega level mutant who can manipulate reality to an extent. Not on the level of, say, like a kind of pseudo level. Uh, it's uh, like not, I, not like, a, is it technically Omega level or is it kind of like a pseudo Omega level where it's I like, did, depending uh, actually, on the writer type of situation? Okay. According to Hickman's Omega Level list, he is on there. Jamie Braddix is one of the okay. Omega Level mutants mentioned on that actual list proper. Gotcha. And uh, I would say he he is a force to be reckoned with, but not on the level of like people like Legion or or like I said, Franklin Richards. Franklin Richards. Peters. Sure. They they would or like Molecule Man. Like they would all just dance like around this guy and make him look like a jerk. Because I mean, he's been beaten many times before. As powerful as he is, he's just his arrogance and hubris. I mean, the dude literally called himself Monarch. Like yeah. he's like I am king. Like that's my that's my mutant name. That's my code name. Like it's like all right, way to go, buddy. Why don't you just call yourself the greatest? Or like oh, I am awesome. <laughs> like, I am the goat. <laughs> but it's that level of arrogance and hubris that is always his downfall. So that that's already getting hammed up right here. It's like he's introduced just chilling, drinking some cognac, sitting inside his resurrection tube, all covered in his like chicanery and like uh like afterbirth or whatever yeah yeah he's just he's just like having fun he's having a drink he's like messing with like the the forage of crackle everywhere he's messing with like the fluids of gold balls eggs and then betsy braddock is just like yo bitch stop this shit grabs his arm pretty much like i imagine almost semi breaks it and it's just it like, like a little pressure point move on his arm yeah like, <laughs> it's like, like look i can still manipulate reality isn't it cool and then she just pinches his like nerve and he's like ah <laughs> yes funny. and uh <laughs> yeah and she grabs the arm and he's still cocky and he she, or betsy and then gives a little psychic maelstrom towards Jamie, and he's, he kind of cringes a little bit. And let's point out Betsy's eyes in this moment, and that this is the second time that I've seen an artist do a pseudo-anime-manga uh, kind of, like, angry eyes reference. Like, we're, I'm yeah. seeing a lot of uh, Japanese influence in these comics, is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a lot of, there is definitely a lot of, like, Japanese manga-style, like, uh, I guess you could say tropes with character designs being used here almost. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's very, it's very clear that that's what they were going for on this, but it's, it's also kind of funny to just see it like portrayed on between these two characters, especially after like gold balls was like, you know, he's doing weird things in my pod. Like I need to get him out. I need you to get him out of here. He's get some clothes on him. And he's been drinking. Can you handle this? And she's like, we're taking you to Brian. Like he needs to know you're alive. Like, he needs to know about all this and understand, like, he needs to see you. I'm sure he'll be excited or at least have something to say to you. So this is what's going to go down. And he's like, I don't know about if I want to go. And she's like, I ain't fucking asking. Yeah. And that's what she this isn't a qu- Yeah, this the is mail- a question. <laughs> yeah, this is what she hits him with the maelstrom. And he's like, all right, all right, I'm coming. Get out of my brain. I don't want a tumor. <laughs> so he, he starts to clean up his weird mess of nonsense and kind of strolls along with them. Or she actually... Leaves him there to kind of clean up with uh with egg and 
goes off to meet with a, yes. or gets interrupted by Apocalypse. Apocalypse comes up, yeah. A. <laughs> a, as we know him. And one thing we forgot to point out is as Gold Balls or Egg, whatever, uh, and Betsy kind of go off to the hatchery, we are left with a frame of Gambit watching them walk away and he's just kind of like watching them curiously and that's going to play into this in a little bit i just wanted to point that out we kind of walked over that a little bit so now going back to apocalypse um oh do you have something to say about uh well, i was gonna say uh, it, it's it's more of like a build-up to like how he he just always is gambit especially with coming up with apocalypse is always just so distrusting of apocalypse yes and this whole situation because apocalypse is there and I mean, I guess that might be due more to his history with how he was yes. manipulated and turned into a, like a an angel of death and all that stuff. But... Exactly, or old marauders too. Yeah, that too. That all pl- would play into it just as much. That's a good point. So, yeah, Gambit's already wary of everything, and it's just, he's like, wary of everything. Especially, uh, do you remember the series where Gambit joined the Marauders and he was kind of hesitant, and then they went in and uh they were supposed to do something with the morlocks and it turned out that the rest of the marauders just murdered every single morlock and gambit was just all like i don't want any part of this but all of the x-men thought he was a part of this and he's just like well fuck i fucked myself do you remember yeah. what, what issue yeah. what that was what uh that, run was, that was a part of i think that was a while back during like x factor when um the x-men started moving proper over to doing the X-Factor stuff back after, like, the Claremont run. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's okay. what was during. Yeah, because it ended up turning into, like, they are just killing all the Morlocks, and Gambit was like, damn, I didn't sign up to just, like, murder people. Like, I said, do a job. Like, I'm a thief. Like, that's what I'm here for is, like, I'm doing a heist. Exactly. This is not how Ocean's Eleven went down, man. Exactly. <laughs> there was no note. <laughs> the blood of children. What is wrong with you, Sabretooth? <laughs> 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 they, they, they like popped off the marauders were like yeah let's just kill the morlocks because they're just fodder i mean the morlocks are there because they're not badass enough to like you know stand on their own like magneto nor are they like you know representable enough to stand mesh into society i mean they're all like grotesque like one dude looks like an oil spill gone awry and like other people just look like the elephant man like it's just the morlocks you already felt bad enough for them and then they, they got murdered helplessly you're like wow this story got dark <laughs> But yeah, that yeah. that's always been kind of again its mo with like apocalypse and just like a lot of those situations yeah. where he's just like, man, am I gonna get betrayed again? Yeah, he's always hesitant. He's a little jumpy. For yeah, sure. he'll counter betray you just because he thinks you're about to betray him. He's like, no, yeah, I thought you were gonna betray me, so I betrayed you. <laughs> At this point, it's almost become a self fulfilling prophecy where he's just like, well, I'll just fuck everyone over because I feel like you're gonna fuck me over. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we go back and we cut. We, I believe, uh, Betsy goes back through the portal. She's back in England, and we're met with Captain Britain for the first time. He is suiting up, and Betsy gives him a look. And I like this line because Captain Britain's just like, "I've seen this look. We were eight, and my turtle died. What's wrong?" Like she saw that look and was like, "Oh shit, something's something's really wrong. What's happening?" <laughs> yeah, what's going down? Like, did did uh, did my turtle die again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not my new turtle. Oh no, Yerda, why? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting to kind of have this reveal where 
well, first off, he's he's getting summoned because all the stuff that essentially is going now with Morgan Le Fay. So that's bringing him into the fold. Yes. And Apocalypse mentioned something before Betsy left about there's something going on that he needs her to address because it's very significant due to uh, what the portal and Krakoa's issues are tied to, which is alluding that they're going to need, you know, Captain Britain. So it's good that she's going there to meet him. So that's all working out. And then she's now essentially bringing him up to speed on like, hey, Jamie's back. <laughs> So that's pretty much where they're at is they're they're now like, all right, well, Jamie's back. We got to investigate this stuff. You know what? Fuck Apocalypse. Fuck everyone else. Let's us let's handle this. The Braddock brothers and twins, it's uh, twins at it again. Like, let's go investigate this whole overlying like plot. Let's not bring a team together. Let's not let's not try to do our diligence and find out what we're getting into. Let's just wonder twins activate and dive right into this. <laughs> Yeah, they oh. go, they go, they deep dive like quickly. They didn't, they don't, they don't like form a team. They don't do like a infiltration. No, they just nothing. go straight to the boss fight. They're just like, they bam, just go straight there. And then Morgan Le Fay yeah. is right in front of them. <laughs> exactly. They're just like for Avalon. And then they're just like, well, fuck, oh shit. And then so that's yeah. So she she does this magic. Crackling costume technology where okay so that's I just noticed that okay she, apparently she she points out that there's crackling costume technology which I did not notice when I was making that point on how she changes her outfit earlier so there you go crackling oh, she probably did costume it. technology when when transferring through the portal she probably was like I'm gonna pop out looking she did it on purpose like timed it where she's like I'm oh yeah this portal looking like you For know sure. laid back and then I'm gonna pop out like on point <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm going to make a hell of an entrance right now. But it's like she has this Krakoa technology to make her her costumes, yet she uses her bland-ass old-school costume. The only saving grace to it is that she has the little X belt, and that kind of feels like it's like her waist down feels more reminiscent to, like, the design of her older, her Psylocke uniform, whereas, like, from her waist up is just, like, straight up the old uniform and is, like, really just still... It does not... it, It just leaves something to be desired. There's not... It's pretty generic. It's pretty vanilla looking for sure. Yeah, very vanilla. That's the thing is it's very vanilla. Like the color scheme could have been more elaborate. I would have gone like darker purples to go off with the the darker black, but you know, whatever. This, this, This is all really just a placeholder anyways. As the issue goes on, you'll see more about how her character changes. As a matter of fact, very soon. Yes. In this part that we're, we're discussing right now. Exactly. Uh, you'll find out. Right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to, they teleport, and we are in Camelot. And as you said, they are instantly met with Morgan Le Fay. Right at and the foot of her throne, literally. Right at the foot, yeah. And uh, essentially, they infiltrate, and uh, what's going on is, there's a little bit of talking, but what we're going to see is some crazy stuff. Between them, essentially, uh, Morgan Le Fay kind of takes takes Captain Britain by the by the throat, and this is like, "Yo, bitch, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you a lesson." And then, but before before anything happens, we cut back to Rogue and what's his name, Gambit. Rogue and Gambit. Just Did you out. notice something real quick though? That yeah, sure. That... Let's go back. Well, that little bit of energy, though, that, like, comes off of her hand when she grabs him. Like, you see that little, like, black energy tendrils, like, by her finger? Kind of, like, crawling out of his, like, yeah. face a little bit next. Yeah. 
So she's almost, I think at that moment, she's already seeding him for like to be the yeah. black knight, essentially, which we're going to talk about. Like, so at that moment, he's already fucked. Pretty yeah, much. and it was quick. She literally went from her throne to like holding him by the throat in a matter of seconds. In and a matter then, of seconds, yeah. So like yeah. there was there was no hesitation whatsoever on her end whatsoever. And even though we're not gonna see this transformation in a couple more panels, we're gonna we're gonna cut to a different scene. We see her taking action instantly. Yeah. And she doesn't fuck around. Essentially. No. Yeah. She's That's, yeah, a force to be reckoned with, which is really cool. They're writing yeah. her in a way where she doesn't feel like, oh, she could just be dealt with with like ease. There has to be like some yeah. work done. Yes. And that's interesting. But then we cut to what has been dubbed Mr. and Mrs. X. <laughs> oh, Mr. and Mrs. X. Wait, wait, who's dubbed this? Mr. That was what they called their wedding arc, where it was like, oh, yeah, okay. do you remember yeah. that? That just like before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that scene was during that time. It, it really did take Hickman to bring me back in X-Men, because like, I saw that kind of stuff, and I was just like, I don't First they were big about Kitty and like Rasputin getting married, and now they're like, oh. You Colossus? I'm like, dude, the wedding trope in, or, yeah, like Colossus Rasputin, like Kitty and and uh, Colossus Rasputin, they, they did yeah. theirs, and then they were doing theirs, and it's like the wedding trope in comics is as bad as like the killing someone off trope, like it's like been done to death. I'm like, no more wedding issues of comics, thank you very much. I mean, we're just, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> like it was good when it worked with Char- with uh Scott and Gene and the plot that played, but it's like yeah. that's just been done to death so much now that it's like I'm. No more. Like, if they get married, have them get hitched in Vegas or, like, go to a, a courthouse and we'll have it as, like, a side note. We can do a one-shot. <laughs> there you go. They get wasted and get married, but it's, like, they always put it into, like, a big story arc where they're, like, gotta get the wedding issue arc. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, a quick note. Um, Colossus did show up in Marauders, right? During that whole Russian scene? Right? No, 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 no. He just show up. He does show up eventually, right? Has he shown I up? Not, I have not seen Colossus, actually. Okay, so if he's not shown up, so essentially um, that whole wedding arc between Kitty and Colossus uh, mirrored the whole Batman and Selena Kyle arc. And it was the same thing. Essentially, like, she got cold feet and it didn't yep, happen. It all it all played out the same. And, and then and, she started drinking and becoming a pirate afterwards. <laughs> drinking and becoming a pirate. And yeah, hanging out with Peter Quill, which is not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> um, but Colossus, I think, kind of went away and became a recluse in Russia for a little bit. And I don't think we've seen him since that moment. Nope. They haven't had his big return. Yeah. They're waiting for his Joss Whedon like style return moment that we're gonna get. We'll see. I'm so, hoping. So we hopefully we'll see Colossus show up soon. But um, I just wanted to point that out for yeah. Fans. That's a good point. I never really yeah. noticed. Like yeah, I didn't even notice that he was gone either. So that's that's true. There's been so many people. I mean, damn, Gold Balls has been getting more time than Colossus. Gold Balls has been getting more time than Colossus. Who would have thought? Claremont, be damned. <laughs> Oh, geez. But uh, we're met with uh, Gambit and Rogue, and uh, Gambit is really, really, really stuck on that, that, what is it, the second law of mutants, which is make more mutants. He's like, you know, Charles just told us we should make more mutants. What do you think about that, huh? Do you think that's cool? I think that's cool. Do you think that's cool? I <laughs> yeah, think that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's like, I don't have my dampeners on tonight. Sorry. I'll just... <laughs> we can't. 
It's just like any guy like Gambit's like, I'll risk it. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I literally will kill you. You explain that to my dick. (laughs) But then we got Trinary doing her role where she shows up as like liaison for Apocalypse. Yep. (laughs) Apocalypse summons thee. (laughs) Apocalypse summons thine to his throne. And he's like, damn it, Trinary, you're such an assistant and such a boner killer. Yeah. We're trying to we're trying to follow the law over here. At least one of us is. God damn it! Did you not hear what Xavier and the council said? We need to make more mutants, and you're interrupting that. I do not appreciate this. Where did you go, Rogue? Why is everyone gone? I'm alone now. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Gambit. But after that, uh, they're summoned and they go to Apocalypse. And Apocalypse, what, what is Apocalypse saying in this moment? Essentially, he's kind of catching them up on the situation, more or less, right? Yeah, he's kind of like breaking down like some of the stuff he had started a little earlier in the comic where he was talking about more on like a little bit of the magic stuff. He needs Rogue here. As, as kind of like a conduit that he wants to test. Uh, and he's going to uh, try and convince her, Gamut, to follow through with what he's trying to figure out so he can get behind this. He mentions that both Betsy and Brian went in willy-nilly and are now yes. behind enemy lines and are pretty much in the shit. So they, time is of the essence, so he brought Roger over here. He was going to do this a different way, but because he's now out of options, he's going plan B, and that's, hey, Rogue, get over here and help me out. We're going to use your weird powers to do weird stuff. And that's pretty much where they cut right back to like the shit that was going down with Betsy and Brian. Yes, exactly. And before, But before that happens, we see Rogue... And I just want to keep pointing this out because this is interesting. I don't think they've ever had a mechanism or at least a story kind of MacGuffin to describe their uniform transformation. But we see this in the bottom panel with the rogue and Gambit. And they just transform. And it's this whatever this Krakoan like technology that allows them to transform. Oh, yeah. It seems that they gave them just like this, oh yeah, they're gonna be in a costume randomly. It gave them like, here's the technology, here it is, deal with it. We're gonna be in regular clothes and then instantly we're gonna morph in time into our X-Men outfit. Maybe the outfits are pre-programmed into like a Krakoan network that's tied to like the cerebral regenerate, uh, regeneration system. Could so be, like yeah. how their personalities are backed up. Maybe their clothing choices throughout the years are backed up. <laughs> that's why Jean's set to like fucking 60s attire. Because she's like, I'm on default mode. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Apocalypse looks bomb because he hacked it and he was just like, I gave myself an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's crazy. But then we get that cool panel where it transitions yes. to where the fight's going down with it. Like, and now cut back to them throwing down with Morgan Le Fay. <laughs> yes. And then we cut back to Morgan Le Fay and Brian Braddock and Betsy Braddock. And they're, we're just going crazy. We're, we're, we're getting magic left and right. Uh, Morgan Le Fay is just like, I hex thee. Womb twin. She literally calls them womb twins, which I find funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with the womb twins, and then also she, take note that she mentions the the mutants as witch breed, which that I I Ooh, may be yeah. I may be wrong, but I feel like the only time I've ever heard that is in what I feel is the greatest run of any Marvel issue ever or series, and that is Neil Gaiman's sixteen oh two. 
That is how they yeah. refer to the mutants in that in that series because everything takes place in 1602. So they'll call them mutants. Not even the mutants like call themselves mutants. Like every the the nomenclature has the term uh, witch breed instead of mutants. So I like that. That feels like that. This is a nod to that because she's from those olden times that yes. she's playing off of that as well. And it's just I always get excited when I f- hear the mutants referred to as witch breed. I'm like, oh, that's so old school. I like that. <laughs> But yeah, she's already she's already hacked like Brian. Brian was yeah. useless. He's very useless. Like he's at least Betsy's going down. Yeah, and out of nowhere, she's and even Morgulface is like, you 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 can't protect me. You you can't protect him. And then Brian's just like, what what's happening to me? She's taking me. And we see this shroud of dark energy kind of consume him. And Betsy kind of comes to his aid, but nothing really. Hopes she does nothing. She's she's pretty helpless. Yeah, not much. Whole situation. Really. Her yeah. powers are kind of limited in this sense, and it's weird that she manifests her power in like a more, um, like traditional, um, I guess you would say English sword and shield style, like an old knight would. Yeah. Like, a, like an old school knight. So like she she channels her psychic energy into a shield, and then an actual like looks like a claymore or something like that. It's got like a hilt yeah. on it, even. <laughs> yeah. Which, the idea of like a psychic sword having a hilt is kind of funny, but whatever. <laughs> a little bit. It's I don't know what's weirder that or like the stupid like energy be- uh, the lightsabers in the new Star Wars movie. It's like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's dumber. I'd say that's dumber. That's <laughs> dumber. At least this is like kind of cool. But yeah, like uh, um, it's funny because she normally just does it like on the end of her fist or like in her hands or like yeah. stretch it up. But it's weird that she's like constructing she's it into a more whole like sword. unique weapon. A very yeah. European sword to be. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exact. Very yeah. like old school European, yeah, like claymore hilted sword. But yeah, that that didn't seem to do much because then like Brian's consumed by that weird dark energy that kind of reminds me of like the symbiote. Oh yeah, a little bit. Mostly because it also makes him look more badass. Like his color scheme goes to like just black and white, so it's yeah. like a nice contrast. But then it grows armor on him, like that wasn't yes. there, and that yes. and that made him look really dope. It, like saved his like design. I'm like, fuck, why would you look like that all the time? Right. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but and, uh, he's kind of still in control, but still not too much in control. Where yeah. he's he's gotta kinda play it. He's kinda got the will, right? He's kinda like fighting it, but he's still he's completely taken over. Or almost to the point yeah. of being fully consumed. And as this is happening, what does he do? He what he does is he gives Betsy Braddock the amulets now can you uh where's my notes on this because i thought i had notes on this but uh can we talk about the amulet because i know this amulet is a certain type of power that gives you magical power whereas like what's the name of the power that like like compared to like Doctor Strange, who summons Sidorak, right? Or Sidorak, uh, or a bunch of other like old gods and stuff like this. Yeah. Well, this was something that I believe was um, the Amulet of Right and the Sword of Might are the two items that are important to the Captain Britain mythos, and they were both right. created by like Merlin and his daughter Roma and stuff like that. Right. And and he has the the Amulet of Right. I don't remember who has the Sword of Might, which is the Death Sword. The Amulet of Right represents life. The Sword of Might represents death. Death, yeah. I think the Sword of Might is like, that's probably like Black Knight or something. I might be wrong. He, I know he wields a specific sword, and I know him and 
uh, Captain Britain had like a, a duo story, like you know how kind of like Deadpool and Cable had a story for a long time. Like there was like a duo a solo series with just like Captain Britain and uh, Black Knight going around doing stuff, and he had the Sword of Might, and Captain Britain had the Amulet of Right. But that's pretty much the the key to like Captain Britain's power in the original mythos. They've changed it yes. over time and been like, oh, it's his suit. Oh, it's nothing. Oh, it's ingrained in him. In one dimension, he was like a mutant, and that's how he got his powers. But in this timeline, he's really just—he's just this. He has mutant genes in him because of his sister, and like he could have kids who are mutants, but he's not a, a mutant in any way. And it's the amulet that really makes him Captain Britain. So yes. anyone who wields that amulet will be able to wield the powers. And in a weird way, with him, with his last bit of consciousness, he takes the amulet and literally thrusts it into Betsy's hands and says, "Just like get out of here. Like you have to leave." Yeah, like shut up into her face, like. Yeah, because yeah, he's he has a little bit of control, but the aggression is taking over, so he's being very yeah. forceful with her. So he's, he's kind like, of punching up. her at the same yeah. time, and trying he's to get rid of him. It's like you gotta accept it. That I'm her champion. I am hers, and she's like, please, and it does this weird little like split panel at the bottom with, like showing. I, I why did they? I don't understand why they split it like that. But they show this weird like image of like apocalypse, apocalypse? With split down his yeah. face. He's like winking yes. on one side, open on the other, and you got Jubilee on the left and then uh, Gambit on the right. But it's like, why did they do that? I don't know why <laughs> they did that. I don't. That's that's a weird. And especially because like if you look at that panel breakup, like the majority of the panels are broken up in black lines, whereas that one is a black uh, white line with a black outline. Yeah. And right and above that, it, there's that white line too, but it's that's only yeah. there. The rest of the panels it's don't have it. Only in that panel. It's weird. It could be just a weird design mistake, perhaps, or just or not a mistake, but just an intentional thing, design. Yeah, yeah, to kind of focus that that's like a different story happening, like a different area. So meanwhile, in a different location. And then now they cut to like Rogue doing her part as to why Apocalypse invited her here. He said, like, well now Rogue, do your stuff. Embrace the gateway. Yes. It looks like, here goes nothing. Wax on, yeah. wax off. Wax <laughs> straight up. And, like, no, she doesn't even say, here goes nothing. She says, here goes. And as that's happening, <laughs> cut back to the portal. The fight's still happening. Uh, she, Betsy Braddock has the amulet now. And as this is happening, she throws a one of her swords into the portal. And we get a vroom. And... The portal just well, it was a, Apocalypse was the one who, like, he, he telepathically traversed the multiverse and communicated with her. See, this is another note to how strong Apocalypse is. I may be wrong because Betsy is a psychic, too, who's really powerful, so maybe it's easier for psychics to communicate long distance. Mm-hmm. But Apocalypse has a level of telepathy that is worth note. And he's telling her while she's still in Avalon, like, you need to destroy that portal. It has to go. Like, from your end, yes. destroy the barrier. Throw your psychic sword and destroy, crush the barrier. And this is happening in tandem while Rogue is grabbing the barrier. And, th- and, and, and she's doing this while trying to fend off <laughs> Brian, who seems like he's, like, hitting her in the face over and over again with the amulet. Yeah. <laughs> Take, Take my amulet! The amulet! As it comes in the face. <laughs> Just for the love of God. I'm Just holding her back as best I can. <laughs> if you don't bounce, I'm going to do work. So she chucks the sword right at the... Which is interesting because I've never seen her throw her energy, like, psychic construct, constructs uh-huh. like that. Like, to throw the sword and, like, harden it like that. It's kind of cool. Like, the only person I've ever seen do that is, like, Kid Omega. Like, Quentin Cryer. Like, you know how he'll yeah, make, like, psychic shotguns and shit? Like, sure. that stuff. 
that made sense for like his like fighting style, but this is kind of a new one. Maybe like as she's adapted over the years and her powers have gotten stronger, she's like, well, now I can harden them into like psychic constructs. Like maybe she could be like armor, you know, like armor who can connect, create like a psychic uh, energy around herself in the form of whatever she wants. Like, I bet Betsy could probably make like a psychic armor at some point, which maybe we'll see. That'd be cool. Yeah. But boom goes the uh, dynamite and the uh, the portal. And the portal, and as that portal goes, so does Rogue as she gets thrusted back from this kind of explosion, from the blast of the portal. And uh, uh, she's, she's, she's knocked down. Wait, no, she's still, she's still, uh, she's still alive. Or not, a, well, not She's conscious, she, but she's She's not, still conscious, yeah. She feels strange, though, and, like, something is drawing her to the Krakoan flowers around her. There's these weird, like, blue Krakoan flowers that are sprouting around her, and she's just yeah. like, I need to touch. She's like, she's like a, a moth to the flame. And the second she touches it, the flowers just instantly meld with her. The branches, like, consume around her. And she's put into what I can almost say is, like, a sta- like a stasis of, yeah. like, a nature-based stasis pod that she looks all purple and just kind of, like, at rest in, like, hibernation. And it just forms up around her. And, uh, yeah. It, it's something weird and, and apocalypse seems to understand it to an extent where he's like well it was seeking a host and it chose her as she seemed to have chosen it as well but we don't really get any explanation on this yet it's they everyone's kind of scratching their heads and it becomes like a plot line in the story going forward yeah and uh i know that uh rob from uh, comics explained noted that uh he thought that this was like you know how when uh Rogue gets way too much like energy from a person she touches. It puts her to a coma, like a coma state. Like comatose state, yeah. Comatose state. Like he thought it was like this, but I'm not getting that from this situation. I think this is her almost taking almost the powers of Krakoa almost and the metamorphosis she, even. Um, she's becoming kind of almost like like part tree from like whatever she consumed. Like, I don't see this as her consuming too much power whatsoever. It's, I think she's taking over like powers of something. She has no idea what it is. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, back with like Carol Danvers, when she absorbed like, you know, Miss Marvel's yeah, original powers exactly. back in the day and like original. took her, took her, like took her energy. And that's why Rogue could fly back in the day. Yes. And it was super strong. in like the X-Men animated series. Which also threw me off because that was the one I was first introduced to. So then when I like got exposed to her in the comics and she's like, ah, I can't do anything. I got to absorb someone's powers. I'm useless. And I'm like, wait, what? You're like one of the most badass X-Men. Like, you're like right? their powerhouse. You're their muscle. Like, what are you telling me you can't do anything? And it's like, nope, that was just a temporary thing. And then eventually they went back. And then I think she did it again where she absorbed like Power Man like uh, at one point. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, that's been it for a while. She's just been rogue for the longest time now. So this might be another one of those moments where she absorbed too much and she's going to be like weird um, Krakoan portal rogue for like the next five to ten years. (laughs) And uh, as she's this portal rogue, we cut back to uh, Morglefei and Betsy. And they are still in the midst of battle. And... As she goes to attack Morgan Le Fay. Betsy goes to attack Morgan Le Fay. And the Black Knight, as uh, uh, Brian, Brian Braddock, kind of stops her in her tracks, throws her back. And 
and she has the amulet in in her arms after that throw. Like she grab, I assume she grabbed it during that throw. Yeah, and like, he's well, he's fully she... consumed now. And at this point, yeah. he, the, the the darkness is now shrouding his entire body, except yes. for his eyes. Except his for the eyes, eyes. they're the last thing, and that's the thing that seems to be the most humane part left of him. Is like she's got the amulet, and he's looking at her, saying like you can see it in his eyes, and he says, "Please, just Please, leave, yeah. take it, put it on, and get out of here." And and that's pretty much like the last bit of his humanity that you see left with him. Yes, and she pops that sucker on. She pops it on. She pops it on, and as she pops it on, uh, we see this burst of energy, and then we cut back to Forest Rogue, as I like to call her, and. Gambit's just all like, yo, Apocalypse, you did this to her. He gets a little frustrated. He gets a little hot-headed for a moment. Yeah, he's like, he raises kill his you. Fist. Apocalypse's like, what good would that do? We live in an island that regenerates us. You can kill me all you want. I don't care. Yes, <laughs> like, like, do not realize. Gambit's, Gambit's like, don't make fun of me. And he's like, don't test me, bitch. Jesus, I'm Apocalypse. <laughs> he fucking grabs his hand. Yeah. And then everyone's like, hold on. And everyone's like, Miss Braddock? And then Gambit's like, Betsy? <laughs> yes. And the Jubilee's like, no, Psylocke. And then Apocalypse is like, wrong, yeah. bitches. Is this like a bird, a plane? It was like yeah. one of those yeah. moments? Yeah. <laughs> it's Captain motherfucking Britain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not the Captain Britain you would expect. Exactly. It's, it's Betsy rocking the Captain Britain gear. Betsy Braddock as... Captain Britain and with her yeah. psychic short sword being sheathed. I don't yes. know. I don't, what is that? I mean, it looks cool. Right? It, it looks, looks cool. Pointless. From a standpoint makes no sense because she just creates yeah. them in her hand anyway. So what's the point of you have to unsheath it? Like, can you drop it? <laughs> exactly. Know. Like now you have a whole new process. You have to pull it out and then attack. It just can't appear in your arm. This is not an evolution. This is a de-evolution. <laughs> My biggest gripe, though, is she still has... Like, that sword thing is dumb, but the, the helmet. She still has the terribly designed She still helmet. has the weird helmet, yes. Uh, she looks so much better without it on. The helmet, like, it... As dumb as it looks on Brian, it works for his, like, body and his build and, like, his design. Like, the helmet... It may, he looks like a freaking, like, crash dummy or, like, a, a cannon. <laughs> like, he just looks like something like that. So, it's good that he has, like, the racer helmet on. But with her, it's like, she looks way more awesome with just the rose in her hair and her hair down. Like, her purple hair, like, complements that clothing really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it works. It's a good contrast. So, it's like, wow. I, I, I This is a great design. Like, her being Captain Britain now looks really awesome. So, that'd Absolutely. be interesting where it goes from there. But that's she's just like, I'm here now, and what the fuck happened to Rogue? And that's where yeah. we end with that part, and we go into the epilogue now. Yes. So, now that we have Captain Britain, the new Captain Britain, we cut to that coven that we saw at the beginning of the series and we see essentially the the uh, leader i guess just straight up murder the rest of this coven yeah we cut back and they're dead like they're, they're just dead all, they're, they're gone dead. yeah they, they want like church jim jones or something like that where they <laughs> tried to or whoever those the the cult was that tried to drink the kool-aid yeah. ride the comment <laughs> They're all dead now, so she's just rolling out of there. We're like, well, you guys are useless. I need to find me a new magic cult to join. Yeah. <laughs> fuckers. Gone. <laughs> she runs. She loots the place and, and runs out. Takes all the magic shenanigans she can find and then books it out of there to meet with what is revealed to us as Clan Cabra. 
A clan Covenant or Covenant of Cabra. Not Clan of Cabra. Cabra. Yeah, because yeah, that's actually different. Covenant of Cabra, which is Covenant Cabra. Is the so, big reveal at the end of this one. So if we're led to believe that this is the Covenant of Cabra, we're led to believe that these are worshippers of Apocalypse. And can we assume that this was all a ruse, that this was all instigated by Apocalypse himself? So when you hear Covenant and Cabra, you think, okay, this is this is Apocalypse is doing because a cob, uh, like a clan of Cabra is um, his original clan that he founded back in like, gosh, what, 5,000 years ago? Yeah. So like, like 2000, 2000 BC or something, BC like, or something. Yeah. yeah, like his old Egyptian clan, like that was the clan that would worship him. Like, uh, um, gosh, like the, the descendants of uh, Akaba were like his offspring that he had seeded over the years. So there's always a tie to that name. And those were the people who would resurrect him in time of need and things like that. So you would assume, okay, if this is a covenant based on that, then this must mean that Apocalypse has kind of been pulling the strings. Because he normally works in the in the shadows by using them to make his greater plots play out especially when he's out of the picture so they're usually working through his will but the problem is is that they're interpreting his will usually they're they're working as a force to represent what apocalypse would want for that time but right. the clan and the coven and all other aspects of apocalypse can be wrong they can misinterpret sure. So it's like, are, are we seeing something here that was a part of Apocalypse plan? Or are we seeing something here that has a greater, different purpose that may be more nefarious to its own needs? And has right. that with Apocalypse. Like this, this could be building up a red herring, or this could be the greatest story twist ever, where Apocalypse was back to his old ways and was setting up everyone all along and just trying to take down Morgan Le Fay using the X-Men or something, you know? Could still, be. That could be Apocalypse. That's not that out, out there. We, That's we, what I was feeling. If but, you, you know. uh, are jumping a little bit ahead without teasing too much, we also know of a certain, uh, I guess, horseman that is around that may be playing a part with what Akaba is doing. Maybe not. Maybe maybe yes. so. Because that was like, remember, we hear a story of 2,000 years ago that something happened between two islands and they were separated. And this could be the same time around when Akaba was created. So, yeah, like this could be, or at least the the covenant might be from tied from that timeline. Like the covenant might even be older than the clan. Like this is little weird clan. Well, no, because he formed that straight off of like when he was like a mutant proper before he was just even apocalypse. He was just that yeah. and Sabinur rolling around the dirts like fighting battles with the Mar with like his raiders and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, we're we're definitely gonna find out more about this and what it's tied to, and there's gonna be some twists coming up. Yes, indeed. But um, after that, we let we are left with a kind of the invocation of the gods from the book of the High Shadows Kavnakaba, and what a what we get from this is essentially kind of cryptic. I don't know if it is. It, what it feels you, like it, okay. So it feels like it's laying the groundwork. This is so cryptic because if you don't get a chance to read Excalibur 2 yeah you really can't put the building blocks here it almost feels like a like it would be like a like misplaced like phrases or something just like try to mislead you but yeah. once you read Excalibur 2 you're like oh yes. okay I kind of feel like it's setting up because when it, you see things like we focus on here where it sees themselves as superior and and you know 
they reference things about them being powerless and stuff like that. They're referencing the fact that they're the Coven is tied to that idea of superiority and power that Apocalypse has laid out. But mm-hmm. this is being interpreted here in their own mantras or in their own, I guess you could say, poems or fables or philo- philosophical mo- uh, mantras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very cryptic. But we do learn more in issue two. But I think we will leave you at that. And that ends Excalibur issue number one. Now, what did you think of that? Because I found this pretty pretty fascinating for being a relatively non Excalibur fan back in the day. I would say I was just more of a casual, I guess. I felt that that had the best part. That was the best part going for it is the fact that it was an Excalibur comic. So I already came into the issue with my expectations lowered. So right away, I was already getting surprised left and right with little things. There was yeah. some stuff like, like I said, we had our, our gripes about little like details here and there, but overall, it was still pretty good issue and a lot of cool stuff happened. I enjoyed a lot of the flavor text of Apocalypse and his his boasting, but I also <laughs> like the inside joke of everyone constantly being like, "No, this is my name now." No. Yeah. You you did it again. This is no. The, just call me. Please just call. Me. It's like I'm, I'm gonna call you Apocalypse. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. Sorry, Apocalypse. No it's powers of X. Help. You're Apocalypse. <laughs> Suck it, Hickman. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> I love you, but you can't change me. <laughs> no, you're not gonna change those names. Unfortunately, yeah. you got good branding. Don't ruin that. Yeah, but solid issue. It was a great issue. I loved it. It was definitely all around. I, I enjoyed it, and I, it made me excited for the next uh, Excalibur, which is rare. <laughs> it's totally rare. Right? Yeah, I'm actually very intrigued. I'm very excited for what's to come next, which I would, going into this issue, I probably would have been all, I would have skipped this if we weren't doing this podcast, to, to be fair. Yeah, because you only care about really, like, you know, what what's Hickman writing, like, do I really want to read an Excalibur issue written by someone I'm not familiar with? Like, that was kind yeah. of a gamble, you know? Exactly. But, but when I started hearing some buzz about it and stuff like that, we started talking about it. We were just like, all right, let's check this out. And then yeah. it kind of just led more to this. Oh, man. It's such a weird thing. But what was your, probably your standout moment for, like, the whole thing? Standout moment. Uh, that's a good one. Let me think. Um, I really dug seeing Betsy Braddock in that uniform. That was cool. I don't know if that's a standout moment, but that... Visually, you could say. Visually, maybe a visual standout moment. It was just like, bam, this is it. This is like, it's a great introduction. First issue, Betsy Braddock. Look at me. I'm I'm Captain Captain Britain now. Um, Other than that, uh, I liked kind of just seeing like the buildup of like... Morgan Le Fay and like seeing kind of magic because every time I, I don't know about if maybe this is just me and maybe I'm just impatient, but like uh-huh. when it comes to magic, especially like these whole like Morgan Le Fay and all, all these storylines, like I just was not captivated back in the day. And there's something about this issue where I was like, I was, I was interested the whole, the whole ride, not the whole ride, but. The majority of the ride, I was on board. Uh, what is it about magic in Marvel that, I don't know, for me, it turns me off a little bit. 
It's like it's that untamed horse, you know. They haven't found a way to make it really work. It's 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 alluring, but it's not quite pulling us in. And and it, and it's rough because they're dealing with a lot of magic stuff too. And the most important character that I feel would be appropriate for this would be magic. You know, right. the the new mutant. But as we'll read in their next issue, New Mutants, she's currently not uh, able to help. <laughs> she's going to be a little bit disposed. A little bit. <laughs> Unfortunately. New Mutants in space. In space. <laughs> but yes, that is where that is where we are going next episode. We will be hitting New Mutants, followed by Excalibur. And you should expect this, I guess, kind of rollout of uh, issues where we go from X-Men to Excalibur. Actually, no, that's not true. The the order kind of changes every week, so ignore what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Exiles. I just remembered. That that issue or that series I was trying to think of, Exiles. That's Exiles. The they okay. spun off from Age of Apocalypse, and they were like they were supposed to be this this group of like exiled alternate dimension people that were put together from different dimensions on a team, and their job was to go around and like fix the issues with different dimensions. That's what it was. Just came back. To <laughs> gotcha. Okay, we can end on a high note. I remember. <laughs> yes, guys, go read that. Please yeah, go, go read Exiles. Exiles is ridiculous. Yeah. Do you want to see like three Hyperions fight each other? Go read Exiles. Link <laughs> <laughs> okay. is a main character. Go read Exiles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is like right when you said Hyperion, three Hyperions. I was like, oh, okay. Like images came to mind. I'm like, all right, I do remember this. I yeah. do. Okay. All right. Yes. Go read this, please, folks. But it, it's it's crazier than the what ifs. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, But that will do it for Excalibur for this week. Meet us next episode where we will talk about new mutants. Now, people, if you made it this far in the podcast, I want you to do us a favor for all humans and all mutantdom. I want you to go to iTunes. I want you to give us a like. I want you to give us a subscribe. Give us some love. Give us all those stars that seem to matter apparently or else i wouldn't be talking about them if you (laughs) are listening on anchor you have the ability to leave us a voice message so if you have a x-men related question please leave us a voice message and we will try to give you the most ridiculous hilarious answer that we could provide while also educating you on x-men lore so anchor users possibly wrong Possibly. Possibly. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt if it's wrong. We'll entertain the fuck out of you, but it will. It could possibly be completely unfactual whatsoever. Because they bring <laughs> these tropes up all the time throughout X Men, so sometimes it's hard to remember. Like, did Grant Morrison do this, or did Chris Claremont do this, or wait, who did? Wait, who invented this character? Oh, oh, exactly. yeah, they did. <laughs> but yes, we'll try our best to answer your questions. But please, if you do have some, leave them. Uh, and again, give us a like on whatever uh, podcast app you are using. But that will do it for this week, folks. I am Kyle. Who, what, who are you? Who are you, Danny? I, I am Danny. But you just, are like as one full word, like you know, I am Legend. But it's I. Am yes, Danny. I am Danny. Yes, <laughs> he is Danny. Remember, the AI is going to kill us all. But until then, 
Catch us next week on Podcast of X. Catch you next week, folks. Peace.